They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Welcome back, everybody, to Shooting the Shit with Chippa. I have a very special guest tonight. Um, the uh, the drinking gods couldn't be here, but uh, but Mr. Biceps himself, Jason Anarchy, the creator of Drinking Quest and many other games, and including the brand new Millennial Manatees, which he's on here to talk about and promote, is with me tonight. So, um, you know, before I spend a bunch of time talking about myself, Jason, say hi. Hello. How's it going? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Not too bad. I, uh, I do talk about my biceps on Twitter a lot, and they're absolutely as good as they say they are in real life. Yeah, I, I met him. <laughs> he's not lying. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we chatted at PAX East, and uh, yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great convention. We had a good chat. And uh, I saw you online later when we were, uh, I was getting a rice bowl or something. Yes, that's right. That's oh, the rice bowls. I had a rice bowl tonight. So I, I was just going through, back through thoughts earlier and it came to my attention that a year ago I was in Cancun for my sister's wedding and that was the first time I played Drinking Quest was today last year. Oh, that's awesome. So that's yeah, kind of that's funny, brilliant. right? That I have you on tonight. Yeah, um, that'll uh, that'll make any wedding better. Absolutely, <laughs> it really did. We uh, we hung out in um in my my cousin Molly and her boyfriend Kale had brought it, and they were like, "Oh, we just got this thing. We've been part of the Kickstarter on it. You're gonna love it. You gotta try it." And um, I we, we played it for way too long and drank way too much, oh, um, awesome. <laughs> as would be expected. Um, I'm glad you had a good time. But yeah, before before I get into my silly thing, tell tell the people what uh what what you got going on now. Yeah, I'm uh, running a Kickstarter for a, a, a board and card game called Millennial Manatees, which depicts uh, the millennial generation as uh, kind of wide-eyed manatees. Um, the tagline is "Sea cows doing their best," and it's all these kind of manatees trying to pay off their student debt. Uh, none of it's as mean as it sounds. So you have any kind of millennial humor. It always tends to be kind of hating on it, but it's uh, we just made this weird kind of interpretation of millennials that's just kind of there and not particularly uh, mean one way or the other. Um, and the whole thing comes in a, a fanny pack, uh, which we call a fanity pack. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's pretty cute. And uh, yeah, we got on Kickstarter right now, and uh, you know, we're uh, me and the collaborator uh, Zach Stafford. Uh, he does extra fabulous comics, uh, so you might have seen those kind of scratchy. Uh, four panel comics online. Yep, uh, that's kind of what he's known for. Um, but yeah, we're uh, we're going to be adding some stretch goals soon. It looks like uh, we're going to be funded uh, sooner rather than later, so we're going to get all that planned out too. Cool. When did you uh, officially unleash the Kickstarter? Uh, earlier this week, so it's still pretty fresh. Right, uh, and and wow, so you're already going to get funded earlier than you thought. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's always nice. Uh, we made it a short Kickstarter too, so I think it uh, the whole thing goes for like 22 days or something. Um, because it's, uh, Kickstarters are, are a very kind of stressful thing while they're on. It's like every waking second is like, uh, what can I, how can I be doing my Kickstarter better? Cause it's only there for so many days. Right. Uh, so we, uh, we've been noticing this kind of shorter Kickstarter trend and we're like, okay, well, let's give that a try. See if that works. Um, you know, middles of Kickstarters tend to be a little harder, uh, but beginnings and endings are, you know, always very exciting and, uh, lots of people uh, jumping on right away and then right at the last second. Uh, so shorter Kickstarter, maybe you know, eliminating a, a bit of the middle is kind of nice, and then uh, you know, nobody burns out and it's a better campaign. Uh, was kind of the theory. So so far so good. 
Oh, that's awesome. I, uh, I watched the video. Was that you playing it in the video? It was, yeah. I, uh, I, I've been, I've been really bad at gameplay videos basically forever since 2011 when I started. Um, and just basically part of my business model is always just kind of being really out of touch with, uh, with gaming in the first place. Um, you know, when I started off, all my influences were very old influences and, uh, you know, I played with a few kind of select group of friends and, uh, you know, they always let me play what I wanted to play, which is really nice, uh, in retrospect. Um, and so when, when I, uh, started with games, it was like, you know, I was just kind of making this thing that, you know, I thought was fun and, you know, I, I wasn't up on the industry and I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and so the thing with videos is that I always assumed everyone was going to read the instructions of any given game that they buy. Um, and only like, I don't know, the last year or two has it finally gotten through my thick skull that, you know, maybe half the people that buy a tabletop game, watch a YouTube video first. Um, yep. So I was trying to learn a game with my kids, and then we watched a YouTube video, and I'm like, oh, okay, that was kind of nice. And then we watched a few of them. Uh, so they're big fans of Tom Vassell now, which is cool. Um, and so then in my head, I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to start doing gameplay videos. Um, and then business strategy is choosing what not to do. So one thing I'm <laughs> not particularly good at is, you know, video editing and, you know, all that stuff. So I posted a bunch of crappy videos first that are like me holding an iPhone, kind of, <laughs> you know, trying to keep up with what's happening in the game while also playing all the the players and so maybe they're kind of endearing that way because they're so spectacularly crappy but with this newest one uh i spent twenty dollars on a basic tripod that grabs my phone so i can set it in a fixed position to actually view the gameplay elements um so that video is nothing special it's pretty you know standard but it's like in my head it's a huge accomplishment because i'm like okay you can see what's happening uh, you can hear the narration, you know, so I'm uh, particularly proud of that uh, generic gameplay video. No, I, I liked it a lot. It um, it, it sold me on the game. I can tell right. you that. It looked like a blast. I, I like the, you know, from from someone that doesn't really know how this whole thing works. And that's, you know, part of the, you know, I'm, I'm really psyched <laughs> to, to have you on here just to talk about it because, you know, um, I this this podcasting thing is new to me let alone you know figuring out how to kickstart and make a game so to see you like explaining oh yeah i know these are home printouts of what the game is going to look like and you know when it's real it's going to be on this type of stock and it's going to look like this and the colors might be different oh and then this you know counter for the money is going to be able to be flipped over and you can double up it 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 really helped me kind of see okay here's a guy that's really thought this through but you can still pitch it you know, unlike that, you know, like homemade kind of side and really yeah. get the point across still. And yeah, I, I thought uh, that was great. Yeah, like during the early stages when you have different versions of the game um, and any given game that you design, there should always be, you know, different versions. Never, you know, release the first thing that you came up with. Um, but there's, you kind of get better at making uh, good, crappy homemade versions. <laughs> like it's, uh, <laughs> like, like you never want to make it too good because you want to, be able to keep the ability to scrap everything and start over uh, but at the same time when you're in the later stages and you've got you know a good sense of what it's basically going to be um you you know I'm, i've been trying to make uh you know uh, the, the best crappy demos that i can make so it's like i've got sleeves now and uh, you know i've got this card stock and i've got this stapling technique so i don't need to like glue everything on because glue is a pain yeah, um, and then you want cardstock that's thicker than what a printer can process. You know, and when you want like a meaty token 
kind of thing because uh, I don't know. I, I think that stuff matters. You want to try and you know replicate what the final version is going to be as best you can. Um, and then with playtesting, you can only say you know like like I've I've done a lot of playtesting with with versions of games that are just like numbers basically, and there's absolutely no flavor. There's no artwork. There's no jokes. It's just okay. Here's you know a really kind of dry game. Everything's you know, numbers and, you know, economy based. I'm just trying to see if this works. And I, I've done enough gameplay uh, nights with, with those type of games. And I, I secretly hate doing it, but it's very necessary. Um, so I have, I have very good friends that sit through a lot of that stuff. Um, <laughs> and you always want to play test with as many different people as possible. So it's like, you know, yeah, play test with your friends. Or play test with, uh, you know, different friends as often as you can. Play test in tabletop cafes with strangers um you know it's uh you know try and get people to break the game because you don't want people to be too nice to you too so it's like if you have a, a group of friends and you know they're, they're all kind of jerks and they have no qualms about not being nice to you that's always good those are good play testers um and you know it's just in the in the nicest way it's like try and break the game and then uh you know the the best friends you have will not be nice to you about it. So it's a, uh, it's a process. It's different for everybody. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there's no, there's no secret. It's just do the thing and solve the uh, right. 10,000 little challenges along the way until it's done kind of thing. So how long has uh millennial manatees been in the, you know, creation stage before last week? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Well over a year. Um, oh, Finn. Wow. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I've been going back and forth with uh, with Zach for a while, and um, yeah, it's it's nice to see people finally react to it. And um, because when you're designing, you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, there's the off chance that this will fail, maybe, you know. And it's uh, but then you launch it, and people like it right away, and it's like, okay, that's good. Um, and and you know, it's like you, you never know until you put it out there. And it's we we did basically a surprise launch, uh, which I usually do with my kickstarters. Um, and it's not some technique. It's just, you know, I usually just post about the last thing I put out until I'm posting about the next thing I'm putting out sort of thing. Right, exactly. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, most uh, most people with games, it's like, yeah, the right thing to probably do is, you know, let people know in advance that it's coming out and, you know, build a, an audience and stuff like that. Um, but it's like, you know, that's, that's just kind of how I've done it. And, uh, you know, I'll keep doing it for the time being probably. So it's uh, everyone kind of makes their own way that they put games out there, I guess. So what was uh, what was the inspiration for you know outside of wanting to make you know fun like in jokes um about millennials, which you know being one I think is a riot. I I, I take less of a you know at work I take offense to it because most of the elderly um, right wing nut jobs are saying it to hurt. Um, but you know, a game like, you know, my original thought when I was seeing the artwork you were posting before I saw the gameplay was, oh, this kind of reminds me of Shea Geek. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, the, the millennial humor is tricky. We were really careful about that. It's, um, like if it was like a boomer that made the game, it might be different. You know, it's, uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm in mid thirties. So it's like, I'm an elder millennial. Same here. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I feel like I have the right to make this game. Um, but then I, I think the thing that'll surprise everyone is that, okay, it's uh, the, the humor comes from a place of, of weirdness and, uh, and not meanness. So it's, uh, um, but then because we had that theme too, it's like, 
just the way the mechanics and the whole package kind of uh, came about. Like it's just it. You only get something like this if you just spend a lot of time with it and just keep making changes. So it's like it's this cloth board map inside a fanny pack. And there's cards, and there's fanny pack tokens. Yep. Uh, there's there's wooden manatee tokens, and there's a great big avocado toast maple in the game, <laughs> which uh, has never been done before, to my knowledge. So very excited to get that toast token out there. Yeah, when I saw that, I I laughed out loud because it's just like that's that's perfect. Um, but you know, like being being familiar with a couple of your games, you know the the idea of drinking quest right because you say what is it your um was it games for the ca- hardcore casual is the yeah yeah and, and and i you know that that was a perfect a perfect thing it made complete sense the minute i opened up the box for drinking quest with my friends because i'm like this is he he took D D and made it accessible and i don't mean to crap on D D, but you know there's some people that just can't sure. get past the you know, oh my God, there's like a whole bunch of stuff. And if you don't have a good DM or someone yeah. that doesn't have patience for um, novice players, you end up alienating, you know, players. Whereas this game doesn't do any of that because it's like, can you roll dice? Do you like jokes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the game explains the rest of itself after that, you know? And um, so. I've found that people that have never played D and D that I've played it with love it just as much oh, as people great. that are so hard into D and D that they still get this is kind of poking fun at me, but it's still a good D and D game. And um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I like to laugh at myself, and I figure you know there's probably other people like me that are you know have the same kind of losery tendencies and whatnot that can relate to some of these things. So. Well, sometimes you just want to sit around in a room and and you know get your tabletop RPG on without having to, you know, pull out a, a book. Yeah, yeah, or putting in, you know, the work ahead of time, you know? Like, yeah. it's, uh, like I love d and I love RPGs. But oh, me too. Like, you know, the, uh, the, the barrier to entry is, uh, is a big one a lot of the time. So, um, I don't know, I've heard that I've gotten, I've gotten some non-RPG people into RPGs because of this game, which is kind of neat. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and then also some people in the drinking that liked RPGs, but, uh, you know, weren't drinking uh, before, you know, coming of age kind of thing. Um, so it's like, okay, that's, that's kind of neat. That's, uh, that was kind of a side effect of the whole experience. So it was kind of, uh, it's kind of born out of a place of, you know, I'd get together and play RPGs with my friends and we just drink while we were doing it. And it was like a 100% success rate. It was always a good time. Like it was, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it was kind of taking, you know, those, those great nights and kind of distilling that into a game was kind of the mission statement. So, so with that, is there, was there a style of game outside of, the eventual obscure, very weird thing you came up with for millennial manatees. Was it like, Oh, it was, you know, I started with this type of idea or was it just, you know, from a, we'll, we'll start from a very unique idea and just see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, the origin of like every game is, is always different. Uh, with this one, we wanted to make a Machi Koro type game. Yep. Okay. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big Machi Koro fan. Um, and I'm like, okay, we got this manatees idea, you know, this this could be a thing to kind of start with. So I, I uh, like I did with Dungeons and Dragons and kind of dumbing that down to its purest essence, um, I was like, well, maybe I'll dumb down Machi Koro. Um, so I started with that and I tried to make an easier Machi Koro and then through like seven or eight different versions of it, uh, now it's just this totally, you know, different beast. Um, 
you know, it's still got some elements of Machi Koro where you're like collecting coins from, you know, things that you buy basically. Um, but now half the game is also kind of like guess who, where you're noticing <laughs> details on cards. Like it's, uh, so basically there's two phases in every round. There's like a board that has, you know, some, uh, millennial businesses that you can start like, uh, you know, uh, avocado merchant or, uh, you know, podcaster or crowdfunding savant, you know, things like that. Um, <laughs> and then the second half of every round, uh, you just draw the top manatee card and there's a different derpy manatee. I think there's 40 different manatees and some of them will have this color shirt. Some of them have this color haircut. Some of them will be holding a fancy coffee or like a piece of modular furniture or something like that. <laughs> uh, and depending on which businesses you purchased, um, different customers activate different bonuses and it's just about seeing how everything works together. And, uh, you know, there's there's a bit of strategy. But I, al- I always like to describe my games as like Mario Kart, where you can be, you know, you can be pretty good at it, but, you know, everyone's got a chance kind of thing. So that's always what I strive for there. That's a damn, you know, the, the Mario Kart mentality is a perfect one because that that's what it feels like to sit down and play the games you make. And I had never used that correlation, but it it reminds me of being like 14 and booting up Mario Kart, because it doesn't matter what you're doing. Everybody at the time was like, oh, yeah, throw me a controller. No, we can all play Mario Kart. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. It's, um, and I think it's the difference between making games for people and making games for gamers. Um, like, there's a lot of hardcore games out there, and that's good. And it's good that people are into them. Um, but with my group of friends, it's like everyone likes games, just no one's that hardcore into it. Or they're never hardcore into the same game. Uh, right. So it's like you need things that you can, you know, quickly start and learn. And, uh, you know, uh, when I started off, I'm like, okay, there's probably other people out there like that, you know? It's, uh, um, so I don't know. When I work conventions and, you know, I, I have my, uh, my, my different casual games out there, it's, uh, you know, maybe it's the person that, uh, you know, it's their first con. They see something that I put out that, uh, that they might be into. So, um, you know, versus, you know, I'm totally happy when hardcore people buy my games, but it's like, um, you know, they're, they're just not really the target, I guess. Um, so I don't know. Well, I guess I don't know. I'm just talking out loud here, thinking out loud. The, uh, I guess the target for any game is different. Drinking quest. It's people that have a sense of humor and like D and D let's go. Yeah. With it. Um, and then any game, it's like millennial manatees. It's like, okay, well probably millennials. Um, but, uh, Newfoundland jam is a game I came out with that had a really kind of, uh, it didn't really have a broad reach. Um, so it's a, it's a game about making jam based in Newfoundland, uh, Canada. So you have those kind of location-based games. And I'm yep. like, okay, that's kind of a thing out there. Uh, Newfoundland's known for its sense of humor. So I'm like, okay, great. I can write a really unique style of jokes for this. Um, yeah, so that is that was kind of different for me because instead of like selling that one on like a, a huge comedy gimmick, it's like, oh, now I have to do what what every game developer does is uh, is play with people at conventions and actually play the game because it's like the other games I have, it's like, uh, people tend to hear about the comedy gimmick and they're like, Oh, you know, yes, I'll buy that. And, uh, but with this one, it's like, okay, it's a little, it's a little weirder, um, or a little harder to sell. Uh, but it's like, but it plays really well. So I've been doing, uh, more demoing and having like gameplay setups at conventions and that's been going really well. So that was kind of, uh, me having to kind of change my model a bit or, you know, try a new thing. And, you know, that's been a good thing. So oh, that's awesome. what the original point was, but yeah, kind of going off on a tangent there. No, no, that's great. I, I, the, the original point was what was 
millennial manatees based upon and you you hit that nail on the head so um, right. Newfoundland Jam now I got to play that game because I my family a large portion of both sides of my family are from Newfoundland and from oh, no um, New Brunswick and from Nova Scotia oh, so m- me and my wife go up there a lot that was like our first big trip we took as a couple or was, oh, wow. it was just oh she, she got an Aslan Debison album you ever heard of her uh no. no. So she's she's from Nova Scotia, like a little girl that just recorded a bunch of you know traditional Nova Scotia based songs, mm-hmm. you know. And Best Buy like had like a deal on it, and she bought it, you know. And she's like, "Oh my god, whatever this girl is singing about, I'm in love with it, and I want to go." And I was like, "Well, let's go," <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I I know that I have family from up here, and I've never been, and so I bet you. I bet you I would enjoy that game greatly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great place to visit, and uh, yeah, everyone's so laid back out there. It's uh, it is it's um, great. It needed to have a game, so uh, Newfoundland Jam. You're just trying to make different kinds of jams. Some are real jams, some are silly jams. Uh, there's a raccoon mascot called the Jam Burglar that's trying <laughs> to steal your jam. Um, and it's uh, that in terms of like mechanics, like I think I'm uh, I'm kind of I'm pretty proud of that game. It's got, uh, it's, I, I did like those simple drinking quest style RPGs for several years. So I had the drinking quest series and then a game called Haiku Warrior. Yep. I played that like drinking quest and it's kind of the opposite of drinking quest at the same time. So yeah, thank you for playing Haiku Warrior. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, no, like I said, dude, I, as soon as I played drinking quest, I just like, I need to seek out what else this guy does. Cause I really liked it. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I, it's just, it, it was fun to go kind of out of my comfort zone for mechanics a little bit. Um, and then with hack a tiny card game, that was my last Kickstarter. That one, uh, same thing, the millennial manatees. So it's like, uh, branching away from the RPG stuff, which I, uh, love and will still like to get back to has been, uh, you know, a pretty fun journey. Oh, that's awesome. So have you, have you kickstarted all your games? Uh, no, I started off, um, I don't know. I just had some money saved up and it's like, I had this idea and I'm like, well, I'll just print around a 500 games and see what happens. And. If it wow. failed, I was a game designer that one time. Um, so, no, I, I did it. And then, you know, games, like, were selling online, like, day one. Like, it was uh, it was pretty weird. So, um, I, I printed more runs. And then I did an Indiegogo for Drinking Quest 3. Because Kickstarter wasn't in Canada yet. Um, oh. And then, um, after that, I think I've initially Kickstarted most games since then. Um and then some like, you know, second and third runs, like I'll, I'll just pay outright if I can. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Kickstarter has been good. I've had some success on there and it's, uh, it's really good for everybody because publishers and designers, they get a real metric of, you know, what the demand is for whatever they're putting out. So they know, you know, should I print a thousand copies or should I print 10,000 copies kind of thing? Right, right, right. Uh, right. Yeah. That's really important. Um, cause you don't want to have you know, 10,000 copies of something that, Oh, I guess this can't sell, you know, once it's printed, like it's too late then. So, uh, and it's good for backers because, uh, you know, they get a better product. Uh, they often get something exclusive that they wouldn't get otherwise. Um, I usually don't do exclusives, but I usually offer it a bit cheaper on Kickstarter. Right. Uh, So they usually get a deal for being a part of it in the first place. Um, plus it's like a fun experience, you know, to see, you know, your baby grow up kind of thing, you know, that one day, (laughs) you get this, this new baby in the mail and it's, uh, and everyone's happy. So, um, yeah, I like doing it and, 
and when I say it's stressful, it's uh, it's stressful in the sense of you know, am I doing enough? But it's like you know, the backers are great. The uh, the the uh, fanfare that you get for what you're putting out there is great uh, because again, like Millennial Manatees, working on it for over a year, and then uh, all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, people are going to like this, and uh, they think it's cool. That's why we were doing this. So that's uh, that's kind of a nice thing too. That's awesome. Um, yeah, dude, it, it it's so cool to hear this side of this. Is is this your like main what you do? Like, uh, you know what I mean? Oh, or, yeah, do, yeah. do you have a day job and you're just running around doing this for fun? Like what does this bring in enough where Jason Anarchy games is what, you know, feeds Jason Anarchy or is there? Yeah. yeah. No, I quit my day job about a, about a year after I came out with the first drinking quest. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I've been doing this uh, full time since 2012, I guess. Yeah. That's an incredible uh, success story just in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I don't know, and I yeah. mean it, dude, you know, I, 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 not even from talking up, I'm impressed it, it, you know, I give you a lot of credit for being a man of your word. You know, you told me it, you told me at, uh, at PAX East. Oh yeah, dude, I'd love to come on your show. I got a new thing coming in July and like made good on that. Like I'm oh, sitting yeah. there going, oh yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, and I don't mean it that way. I just mean, you know, you're. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, well, random guy you run into at a con, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, that, that's just kind so of a business That means thing. a lot. Like, that means uh, a lot to me. Oh, yeah. I, uh, well, I appreciate you having me on, too. It's, um, and that's just kind of like a business thing. It's like, you know, just do the things that you say you're going to do. And not everybody does that. So it's, that's uh, how I carry myself. So I yeah, appreciate that. Sure. I, I just um, finalized plans. I don't know if you've seen, but I can tell you because um, you got something cool coming out. I. Um, am doing the first live recording of a show of mine. I'm doing a Talkbuster podcast live in Salem, Massachusetts, where the blockbuster I worked at when I was like 17 with all my friends, met my wife there. And oh, it's wow. a panel of all the people that I worked with then. We're going to record it, film it, play movie trivia. I'm going to play the game that I'm going to play with you at the end of this is like a play test kind of thing um, cool. in the middle of it and do Q and a. So it's like your blockbuster crew, you know, especially that, that, that show took off because I started doing it. And then blockbuster got back in the news again because they all started. The last few started dropping like flies. So now oh, wow. I've had the people from the last store, or regular guests on my show now. Cool. So yeah, that's that's, been, it, it's worked out pretty good. So this, I, you know, I'm, it's a, it's a big investment. You know, I got to actually pay, you know, a venue to host it, but they're like super jazzed about it. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like talking to you, you know, it's like right place, right time. The guy who runs the venue, he's like the bartender planner. He's a theater major out of Salem state that started working here. And he goes, Oh dude, he goes, I've been trying to get, you know, podcasts in here all the time. If it does well, and you wanted to make it a regular thing, I, you know, as long as it brings us money, we won't charge you the next time. And oh, I'm like, wow. no shit. And I get to keep the whole door. So, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy about it. Um, you know, and I know where you're, you're to Ontario. Is that where you uh, are? Yeah. I'm just outside of Toronto. Very cool. Um, I was going to say, you know, if, if, if I had done this, the standard way I would have started with the, where's Jason anarchy from, but, um, you know, to, Give me the quick thing of that, you know, was, uh, background, have you lived in Canada your whole life? Yeah, yeah, um, 
yeah, I, um, I, know, I went to school for three years for business management at uh, a local college and uh, worked in a newspaper for 10 years. And then nice. My uh, dad was a newspaper guy. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's, um, I know, but you know, being a young guy in the newspaper industry on the logistics of the delivering the physical copy side, it, uh, it didn't seem like there was going to be a lot of future there. So it's like when I was making this game, I'm like, okay, sure. It's fun. I'm like, but maybe it's an exit strategy. Uh, <laughs> and then that kind of worked. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. Just... But yeah, it's, uh, when newspapers were good, I, I had a lot of fun working there and everything, but there was definitely, uh, there was definitely a shift in the, the late, I don't know, 20, around 2010 or so. I don't know. It's, uh, it hasn't been getting better, but I don't know. The last few years have been weird with, uh, you know, having to, to judge whether news is, is real or trying to influence you in a dishonest way and things like that. So newspapers are, are more important than ever. I feel like it's, uh, you need to have a reputation where people can trust what you're saying kind of thing. So just got suddenly deep there. That was unintentional. So newspapers and so were, how long were you, uh, were you working on games while you were doing that? Like, was it, you know, like a childhood dream? Was it something that one day you just decided, Hey, this is something that'd be fun or. Yeah. Yeah. It was never really, um, I don't, it was never a dream. Like when I was a kid, like I, I liked games and I kind of made my own stuff and I had fun making them, but I didn't seriously think there would be any kind of professional future in that. Right. I figured, you know, all the money's in boring stuff. Um, yep. And so I never really kind of had that thought. Um, and so, but I just kept kind of designing games, even as an adult, like basically all the RPGs I would play are just, I would mod other things to fit the attention span of my group. Um, which is not an insult, but it's like, you know, we just wanted to, they just wanted to show up and play and not have to, you know, do work around it. And that was, uh, those are the kind of games I was making. Um, and so I guess I did it for so many years and I had so much play testing that I wasn't even thinking was play testing. I think maybe I had a good sense of, you know, things that worked and things that didn't work. And, uh, you know, I, I get really excited when I'm making a new kind of RPG ecosystem and trying to balance that and figure that out. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, the dream just kind of popped up and I'm like a drinking RPG. Okay. That could be, that could be something I could make. Um, and that was kind of where the dream started. And then it was about a year, uh, about a year from idea to finished game for that one. Um, but I was, I was pretty obsessed with it. And, you know, as I kind of get with all my games, it's, uh, you know, again, anything fun, you have to work harder for, um, so, you know, there's definitely, you know, challenges along the way um, and, you know, things that can get you. But it's, uh, you know, it's it, it's good to be able to do it. And I feel like uh, when I went through that kind of finding myself phase that a lot of people go through, it was like, OK, well, I think my standing frame of mind is funny, maybe. So I can, like, maybe do something with that. <laughs> um, so in that sense, I'm uh, I'm in a good place. So, um but yeah, I don't know, just, just work for the thing you want, I guess, is the, the takeaway there. Um, you know, you, you got to put in the hours and uh, doing a lot of conventions, too. Like, I do, like, 15 to 20 conventions a year. Um, and there's something to be said for being where the people are. Um, so you really get to know the people in the industry that way. And, yeah, without even really trying, it's like uh, you just show up and it's like, oh, hey, there's uh, the Wizards of the Coast people or, you know, the Penny Arcade guys or, you know, whoever, right? It's... Uh, uh, every convention's different. There's always different people and just showing up and being nice is the, the way to go. And eventually things happen if you're always in the place where the people are. 
That's awesome. So what a, you know, playing a few of your games, I've noticed the, like you said, the, the humor, there's a through line in the humor. Um, you know, not necessarily that it's the same humor, but I'd say the same level of humor. Now, w- with, with Drinking Quest, Drinking Quest, you know, obviously has to have a 21 plus disclaimer on it because it's a drinking game. Sure. Um, but it's not really a vulgar game. No, yeah, that was and, that was very intentional. Yeah, and yeah, and so I was gonna I was gonna say it, you, you say that make a really good point. It was very intentional. It I really liked that about it, and I didn't. I was surprised at how refreshing that was because because a lot of like game playing is like okay, you, you take a game, you drink it, you play it with your friends, especially something like D anD D. It it's the way you joke around with each other that you um kind of massage into the group that you're playing with and you know games like a like a cards against humanity kind of grew out of that well a lot of people would drink and play apples to apples and make apples to apples dirty let's just sure. make that game you know it it's a perfect you know perfect thing simple as all hell and it just works but what i liked about drinking quest is that it's I don't want to use the word childish, but it's the kind of humor you'd make when you're drinking with your buddies. So it's like just like reading the card, you know, so saith the drinking gods, you know, and Terry. I just yeah. go, that's just I don't know why, but I spit my drink out with that because it's just like it's so super serious. And then, oh, yeah, one of them's named Terry. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I like don't know. To, I like to suggest that these things in this kind of fictional uh, drinking quest world that the. Uh, and never explain them. I had one of the best compliments I ever got in the uh, last time I did PAX Australia. Um, this guy comes up to me at the booth and he's like, oh, hey, man, I love your games. I'm like, oh, thanks, dude. And he's like, I love the way you write humor. It's just there. Yes. And in my head, I'm like, I know exactly what you mean, even though that doesn't technically mean much uh, on its own. But it's like, no, I, I that that was it. It's like I, I like to present the thing without explanation a lot of the time. And, uh, you know, people can infer what they want. Um, and I, I have the courage sometimes that not everyone's going to get the joke. Uh, but the people who do will get it more. Um, you know, great, great courage. Yeah, that was a great word I used on myself. Um, but, no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I so think... so courageous. With, uh, well, w- when you're putting out, like, a, a tabletop game and one that's funny, it's like, you know, the goal is to be accessible to everyone, you know, 99% of the time. Uh, you don't want anyone to feel excluded and that's, that's a perfectly viable way of looking at a game. And that's, that's correct in most cases. Um, but this is, uh, with drinking quest, it's always kind of been a bit like a, like a, like a nerdy in joke a little bit. It's like, okay, I'm willing to get most people will get this and not to say you'd pick it up and, and not laugh at anything, but it's like, you know, it's often the joke I will make is, you know, okay, well, you know, the, the portion of people that get this will love this. Um, and I also like to layer in jokes so you don't need to get every joke. So there'll be like a big, dumb, obvious joke on the card and then like, uh, some, some hidden reference to something, you know, it's, yep. uh, I, I like to have cards be funny for multiple reasons. So, um, you know, I, I secretly tried to make this the, the funniest game series, uh, on the market. So it's like people tend to buy it for the drinking meets RPG hook. Um, but then, you know, I, I think. When you said you were surprised that it wasn't like a game with vulgar humor, um, I think that kind of subverted a lot of people's expectations that it actually had some tact. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like it, 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 you know, 
outside of the fact that one of the things in the card is sexual prowess, which is just yeah. hilarious in and of itself. Like, well, that, it that doesn't feel- even need to yeah, do a sexual prowess role. And it's like, on what, what's the card? It's like, oh, it's trying to convince a goblin that it's a beautiful woman or something. And I'm just like, this is hilarious. This is like Looney Tunes kind of joke. And I love it. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's for that D&D player that always just wants to sleep with everything. Yes. That, you know, it's, it's this fun world that's created where, you know, these heroes are always on adventures trying to, slay a dragon uh or you know and they're all drinking together and they're sleeping with each other half the time it's like you know it's always a different uh kind of combination of cards every time how the story's played out um and then a, a, a part of it is also the story of who drinks what that night i find is always interesting yep um because it's like oh chad remember that time you down three guinnesses in a row or you know whatever right it's uh the, the game actually makes a point of not chugging in a row there's a pacing mechanism as well for People yes, that aren't familiar. Um, I, I think of it as like a, a half drinking game. So the whole thing was born, um, you know, from, you know, drinking with my friends and playing RPGs. But when I was designing the mechanics, it was kind of like the scientific formula of, okay, what is a 50% drinking game, 50% tabletop RPG? Because the mashup is pretty ridiculous. Uh, it's this big, dumb genre that's hardly a game genre at all. And then this really rules intensive, numbers based, slow, uh, you know, kind of uh, genre of game, and so you mix those, and it's uh, I don't know, I'm pretty happy with what it what it turned into, um, and that's you know the the gameplay has been pretty consistent throughout each one. I've always wanted uh, you know anyone who's played one game to be able to pick up another one and just kind of start without reading the rules necessarily. So right, um, if you can play one, you can play them all. Oh, they're fantastic, and and you know that's what I was going to say. That humor through line, it seems that you've kept that. It's accessible humor that can be as over the top as the players playing it want to make it instead oh, of yeah, like it, instead of like making it because, you know, we we had some friends over and I, I broke it out, wanted to play because my my friend Danielle, her two daughters love D&D and they were like, oh, but it says it's a drinking game. I go, don't worry. I said, just your drink of choice. If it's a soda, there's rules for that. It's fine. And they were dying. They thought it was hilarious. And I'm like, see, see, <laughs> like, this is, they're, they're like, so they would like, you know, have like a D and D club at school. They're like, oh, we're totally getting this game and bringing it. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. I, I don't endorse that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they're in yeah. college now. Oh, good. Like they, okay. They're under 21, but they're in college. Oh, okay. Well, that's a uh, quote unquote. Okay. No, but it, like, uh, you know, the, they want warriors good for people that like yes. that style. They, they want to bring it and not drink. These are, these are pretty straight, straight. Sure, sure. That was what she's like, Oh, I can't play it. I'm not 21. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to, you're going to laugh. And there's, and I said, look at it. it says it right in the instruction manual. If you're not a drinker, these are the rules you play by. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah, I definitely wanted to make it accessible to people that, uh, you know, were driving and things like that, and uh, um, I had somebody say that they played Drinking Quest without drinking, just as a comedy game, and uh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I was pretty flattered, it's like, okay, wow, that's a, um, you know, because without that, that having to chug your drink if your hero dies mechanic, it's like, okay, is it still fun? Because um, most of the playtesting I did was without drinking, because you just want to see you know, how the games turn out, how many, you know, chugs would go per player and things oh, like yeah. that. That's how you figure out the pacing mechanisms. So that's been most of my, um, most of my, uh, playtest experience trying to figure all that out. 
but this year um, at PAX East, I played, I don't know, I think I played at least one game of Drinking Quest every day, all four days, as part of like different events that were happening. And I've never done anything like that before. It's like, I might play one game at a con once in a while. Um, but the, the Kickstarter people were, were hosting some events and they've been good to me and they, uh, they asked me to do it. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, sure. It's a, it'll be a fun experiment. Uh, and you know, I, I wasn't drinking like a, a full, you know, a glass of whiskey or something, uh, with every chug or anything like that. It was, uh, it was pretty tame, but it was, it was a lot of fun, uh, for me, the creator, because it's like, I'll, I'll finish a game and then I just straight up don't think about it anymore. It's just, I'm. I'm working on the next thing now and it's like, you know, yeah. so I gotta, I'm keeping that momentum going. Um, and so it was a lot of fun for me cause it was like, you know, I hadn't thought about anything without that game except for, you know, shipping units or, you know, the unfun background stuff. Um, and it was like, Oh yeah, of course I'd make a game that I like. This is a lot of fun. So that was kind of the, the sentiment from that. It was a, a bit of self-discovery. It's like, I should play my games once in a while if I can. That's awesome. So That's yeah, so cool. uh, thanks to the people at Kickstarter for uh, for making a fun event. Yeah, they 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 seem like they're really good people. That you know, nothing but great stories you hear from people that have gone through them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's uh, there, there's a lot of really good industry people. Uh, yeah, Kickstarter people have been really good. And there's a lot of uh, designers and developers. Um, the the question I get asked most is, uh, oh, uh, is Drinking Quest like Munchkin? Um, and <laughs> And not really like like I like Munchkin. Um, I hadn't played it when I came out with the first Drinking Quest game, so it wasn't an influence. Uh, but I've gotten to know the people who work in Steve Jackson games, and uh, you know, like uh, Andrew Hackard, who uh, is the Munchkin guy, and uh, they're all really good people. And uh, you know, just working conventions and you know, seeing all these random people around—that's uh, that's one of the fun things. So it's uh, it's hard to do a lot of traveling sometimes, but you know, it's uh, I don't want to use the word family. That's kind of cliched and terrible, but. Uh, really really great acquaintances let's say that um no it's uh it's fun to travel to a different convention far away like i just did one in the uk and it's like oh hey it's uh it's the same people i see at every show this is great i feel right at home that's awesome and it it kind of you know the the getting into this podcast thing which i'm still new at but i've been doing it for like three years um you know it it seems like a community of people that just want to lift each other up. There's not like a competition going on, you know, like and it seemed similar to me at the con. It's like, okay, you're all there to hawk your own stuff and you're all there to make money, of course. But, you know, I, there were plenty of times where I was at a booth where, you know, they'd overhear me say something to my friend about, oh yeah, we got to get to this later. And they'll go, oh yeah, no, that guy, his booth's right over there, man. We were talking to him earlier. He's awesome. You should, and it's like, Instead of it being like, oh, no, no, you want to play our game, not his. <laughs> you know, it was yeah, very yeah, different. Absolutely. Everybody yeah, was I, building each other up. And yeah, I, I like that. To, to support each other, for sure. Um, and there's a few bad eggs out there. But, you know, just make sure you do your internet research before you kind of uh, do business with, you know, someone new sort of thing. Um, but yeah. in, in general, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty solid industry. And uh, the, the names in the industry are pretty good people. That's awesome. So cool, man. So um, what I was going to say before, because uh, I know that you had a limited amount of time. Um, are you doing good on time? Uh, yeah. Did you want to do the, the movie game? Yeah, I was going to do that, but I wanted to give you a chance to, uh, you know, you mentioned him a little bit at the beginning, but the, um, the, the guy that did the art design on Millennial Manatees, how many times, yeah. how many times have you worked with him? You said it was not, wasn't your first collaboration. So 
Oh, um, no, it wasn't my first collaboration with, uh, with, with someone. Uh, it's my first collaboration with Zach. This is the first game okay. I've done. Um, and just as a collaborator, wow, what a, what a professional. He's awesome. Um, and it's like writing, uh, writing humor professionally is really interesting because it's like the stuff that you put out is often really ridiculous. But uh, behind the scenes, you need to, you know, do the things you say you're going to do and, you know, just be a professional about it. And uh, he's both those things. He's, uh, he's a really funny dude and he, uh, he does the things he says he's going to do. Uh, so he did all the artwork for the game um, and often more than he needed to do. Um, so, yeah, he's, uh, he's a great dude and his comic is really funny. So check out Extra Fabulous Comics if you're listening. Nice. Yeah. Yes, please do. And is there, before we get into my silly thing, outside of you know, millennial manatees, which, you know, um, do you want to pitch anything else or please be sure to send me, you know, when we get offline here, you know, the links to, you know, all of these different things <laughs> so, yeah, I can, so I can put them in the video. Cause I'm going to probably try to edit this and get it up as soon as possible because, um, you know, one, I want to help you promote your thing while it's still going on. And two, you know, it's an honor to have you on <laughs> and I'll say yeah, that flat yeah, out. Sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. If you're listening, just uh, drinkingquest.com links to all my stuff, uh, and then if you search Millennial Manatees on Kickstarter, that'll bring it up as well. Um, so yeah, and if you made it this far in the podcast, thanks for listening. And uh, if you like my stuff, uh, feel free to reach out. Let me know what you think of it. Awesome. And your stuff is all online sales. Do you sell in stores at all? Uh, yeah, yeah. We've got the uh, distribution uh, in the U.S. and uh, a few other countries. So. Um, any, uh, local game store that doesn't have my games, uh, can get them. Oh, that's great. This is another thing I didn't know. So look at that. Yep. All right. So with that, um, if you'll indulge me for a few seconds, I was going to do this as the icebreaker, but you know, we got to get to know each other first instead. And it, it went great. As far as I'm concerned, I, I love talking to you, dude. It was great. Oh yeah. Um, you as well, man. Thanks. So I sent you, I sent you both on Twitter and through the Skype thing, depending on which you have better access to. 10 movie quotes. Okay. Um, these are, did you get them? Uh, I got them here. Yep. Okay, cool. These were randomly picked from, uh, I think it's 350 strong list of movie quotes. And this is a game, a buddy, um, my buddy Jim from work and I, we come up with movie games to play on lunch break at work basically. And this one got a lot of legs. And so I decided to, you know, dabble in trying to turn it into a real game. So by my time, my blockbuster um, live talk buster event happens in August, I'm going to have, you know, a home version of it printed out to play test with the room. But for now it just exists as a spreadsheet with a random number generator in it. Yeah. And uh, that's so they all start. So that's, yep. Good. So you've got 10 quotes. I've got 10 quotes. And the idea of the game is it's played similar to apples to apples or cards against humanity, except the point of this game is to take a movie quote and try to attach it to a movie it doesn't belong to and see okay. if you can make it funny or see if you can make it ironic or unique. Um, and examples of this are if someone asks if you're a god, you say yes, which is from the Ghostbusters, yep. Passion of the Christ. <laughs> okay. Um, I think we're going to need a bigger boat just from Jaws. Ah, okay. Titanic. <laughs> you know, so that's the idea. So try not to use a quote from the actual movie. Um, you know, try to, the idea is to make it funny and see if it can tie into another one. Um, I've had great success playing this with people so far. It, it, you know, kind of devolves into, you know, any sort of fun night of gaming where everyone's just laughing and having a good time and the conversation turns more into, 
other quotes that would be funny too that they can come off off the top of their heads. So we'll do it three round style. Um, it's the honors system. So we're going to decide between the two of us whose was better since we don't have more people to play with. Um, so if you would, a number between three and 145, please. Oh, um, uh, 109. Okay. That is Misery, the Stephen King classic starring Ooh. Kathy Bates. Okay. Which so I think I just need... had an anniversary. So you go first. You have to pick one quote from your 10 quotes that you think would be uh, funny or ironic or just fit with Misery. Can you change the quote slightly? If you'd like to. Uh, that right. would make it new and unique. <laughs> Let's try it. Uh, okay, so for misery, uh, get away from him, you bitch. <laughs> See, perfect, right? <laughs> See, you, 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 she you... tortures him, and you know, yep. yeah, it's, it's pretty awful. No, you, you got you so, get it already. Okay, um, right. okay. Right. what's the matter, boy? I bet you can squeal. I bet you can squeal like a pig. Misery. Ouch. Oh, see, that might actually... I, I haven't seen that one in a while. That could actually be in there. But I, Yeah. Look, that's supposed to be fake, right? Yeah, that's from Not Deliverance. Really. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Deliverance. from Deliverance. I should yep. watch Deliverance. Yeah, Deliverance is the, you know, guys in... Yeah, exactly. And that scene is particularly um, rough. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, so round two, number between three and 145. And since you're the guest, you get to pick all the numbers because... Oh. Sure. I know what they are. <laughs> yeah, uh, 19. 19. Death Wish. And not the Bruce Willis one. Oh, okay. Good, good. Uh, let's see what we have here with these quotes. An erection is a flagpole on your grave. <laughs> Death Wish. Jesus. <laughs> All right. I've got, all right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? Wow. This is my boomstick, Army of Darkness, Death Wish. All right, all right, I like it. Yeah, so I, I think, I don't know, yours is pretty good. I, I think you take the last round, but I, I think I'm going to lean with me on this one. I think we all win so far. This is great. Yeah, exactly. It's just fun, right? That's the whole point. All right, one more number, my friend. Sure. Oh, um, 71. 71 spring breakers <laughs> oof okay all right all right uh okay here's mine uh bring out the gimp spring breakers yeah that oh jesus oh god dude <laughs> that, there's a spring do, break do, do, have you seen that movie Pulp spring fiction? breakers no, no spring breakers spring, i assume it's about spring break oh my god your quote fits it so perfectly is there a, so okay? Uh, no, no, it's it's just a messed up movie. So w w the uh, Harmony Corinne, I believe, the the guy that wrote um, Kids. I don't know if you ever heard of that one. It's a really really messed up movie from the nineties. Okay. Um, he wrote and directed Spring Breakers, and he has a what's his name? Um, the guy that's in all the Seth Rogen movies. That's a real actor. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, what's his, the, he's, he's like been nominated for Academy Awards and I can never remember his name. Um, he James played Franco? James Franco. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. so he cast James Franco as this guy named alien that looked like, um, everybody's friend that worked at hot topic. Okay. Like, yeah. it, it was basically his look and 
these girls go and like befriend alien and awfulness ensues and uh one of the actresses in it was that disney princess girl um who was dating justin bieber i think but but anyway they they intentionally told james franco to be as off kilter and weird as he possibly could be and would not tell her if he was acting or not and so they got those scenes in the movie and it was just wrong Wow. Wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> right. But anyway, the list. yeah, it's a weird one. It's a good movie. It's just it's depraved um, to the highest degree. So I f- cannot beat you, I don't think. But <laughs> but I'm gonna go with that's how much fuck fish. Spring Breakers. <laughs> that's yeah, my favorite quote from the movie adaptation. You can have a variant of this game too, where you're trying to figure out if the quote is correct or not. Yes, exactly. And, and, you know, I already had, you know, ideas of expansion packs that, you know, TV shows or like do a Simpsons one, you know, and all this stuff. So people have a lot of fun with it. So I, I, I was going to say, you know, probably a conversation for a different day, but any, any tips or tricks on, uh, you know, the, what to do's versus what not to do's of turning this into something I could kickstart would be a good conversation for another day. Yeah, yeah, it's um especially yeah, if there's rules, you know, like of putting names of movies on there and not having their permission. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's the, you want to find designers that you like and then find their part on the internet where they give you kind of all the advice kind of thing. That's exactly. Exactly. Uh, same thing for running kickstarters and stuff like that too. Um, I, I'm on a lot of panels at, uh, conventions and I'm oh, always nice. these other, like, uh, like real designers and stuff like that, that don't do a jokey, you know, drinking RPGs. And, uh, you know, so I hear a lot of good stuff from that. Um, so it's like, you know, I guess, I guess there's like some value from the audience about what I'm saying, but secretly I'm up there and I'm just, just soaking up all that knowledge. It's great. Nice. That's awesome. But yeah, so that's, that, that's my silly game. And, you know, it, it just happened by irony that. I started playing it on my show, and then I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to have Jason on. I bet you he'd find this kind of funny. So we, I have a lot of fun playing it with people. So I, I thank you for indulging me. That was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, no problem. It was a nice surprise. Didn't know you were designing a game. So uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the, the – sure. it, it went from a pipe dream to, you know, I played it with enough people that were like, so are you kickstarting this? I'd like to play it. You know, people that never met me, and I go, should I do that? <laughs> Like, oh, I was just doing this for fun. All right. Yeah. So, so yeah, you started in the right place then. That's good. Yeah, it, it, it's going well. So, um, you know, that's that's shooting the shit with Chippa, and I, I really appreciate it, um, Jason. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts? You want to remind people again to buy Millennial Manatees? Because I'm going to buy it. Yes. Yes, please buy Millennial Manatees, uh, especially if you're a millennial. Um, and also and, if you're uh, a manatee. And, or yeah, if you're a manatee listening, I'm very proud of you and how far you've come. And, uh, if you have a manatee credit card, please buy my manatee game. I wonder if, uh, what happens if you don't pay your manatee credit card? I like picture like a manatee heavy with a baseball bat. Yeah. Yeah. The manatee police come after you. Yeah. It's a, an old school, like British manatee cop, you know, now, you like know... a nightstick and everything. <laughs> now, you know, like and a whistle. <laughs> <laughs> 